Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the women's coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life Podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips, and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn your pain into purpose, and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor, and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable bringing you a real, honest and unfiltered view. Basically, I posted my first video on Instagram that was a skin transformation. So there was also comments under my own video in my own feed and people just went crazy. There were so many nice comments as well, but it's really hard to focus on those when you see so much hate. I want to know your opinion that is relevant, that is constructive. But when you say, oh, I think you have yellow teeth and you're ugly, that's not your opinion. That's just your hate. This is the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. everyone and welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast. I feel privileged to have today's guest on, Instagram star, beauty queen and mum-to-be, Rady, aka GRW Rady on Insta. She promotes the message, bare-faced is gorgeous but makeup is fun though, which I absolutely love. I met Rady when I worked for L'Oreal, God, years ago now. (laughs) I found her online when I was looking for talent to be in the next huge campaign. And she'd never been in a campaign before when I'd met her and had quite a small following at the time. But now she's nearly at a mil on Instagram and absolutely smashing it on social media. I love what you post, Rady. And Rady has only ever done one other podcast, she told me earlier on, Um, because she says she's a little shy and awkward. And she said, you know, being from Slovakia, English isn't her first language. So she believes she's not the best at talking. I mean, I disagree. I think she's amazing and she comes across extremely confident. You know, if you saw Rady online, you'd assume that she's a very confident, successful and beautiful woman. In this chat, we're going to discuss what it's really like to be quite shy and introvert in the influencer world and how to put yourself out there. The key to success and building an online following, how Rady is coping with pregnancy and her thoughts and feelings of becoming a first time mum. We'll also talk about her acne journey and her top tips in being confident in your own skin. So welcome to the Unfiltered Life podcast, Rady. Thank you so much for having me. 
I'm so happy that you said yes to coming on the podcast because as I was saying to you before, you know, we kind of started recording. I think you have an amazing story to share and I feel like other people need to hear it. Other women need to hear this so that, you know, they can also relate and also being a first time mom, you know, you're going through your own emotions, thoughts and feelings. And I want to hear more about that. Um, But first of all, I want to say huge congratulations on your pregnancy your baby girl how many weeks pregnant are you now so I'm actually exactly 25 weeks pregnant today so it's a huge um, today milestone. yeah, yeah. Today. <laughs> so it's like so exciting which means that it's only like three months and two weeks ish since you know till she's here so we're preparing nesting mode is on <laughs> and yes. it's super, super exciting yeah it's my first child as well so everything's new and um, beautiful it's honestly one of the best times of my entire life uh, are you enjoying pregnancy then yeah yeah um, so- I feel like I'm very lucky to say this because I know that obviously you know it varies from pregnancy to pregnancy and woman to woman but I feel like I've been very lucky in terms of the symptoms and everything so yeah it's very enjoyable so far So even on the first trimester, did you not experience any of the kind of typical symptoms like nausea, sickness? Yeah, no. I mean, I've learned on the internet that 80% of women get, you know, sickness. And I was prepared for that because my mom said when she was pregnant with me, she had a really bad morning sickness. So I thought, oh my God, it's going to hit me. Uh, Like, I'm just not going to be one of the lucky ones. But somehow um, I, I was, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, the only thing that I really struggled with was like extreme fatigue in the first trimester, which I think is like sometimes maybe in some occasions even worse than, you know, um, occasional puke in the toilet (laughs) because like it just literally felt like I just didn't know if there was something wrong with me in terms of my mental health, because obviously we were in a lockdown um, and I just felt so tired all the time. And I was just falling asleep during the day and that never happened to me before. And I didn't know, was this the pregnancy symptom? Is that my mental health, you know, health gets kicking and saying, you know, you need more interaction with actual humans. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was challenging in terms of this, but yeah, thankfully no, no morning sickness. <laughs> actually, that tiredness that hits you, it's extreme, isn't it? You've just reminded me, actually, I've got a confession to make. When I, I was at work, um, this was before the pandemic hit, I found out I was pregnant and I in the first trimester, you can't tell any, well, you can tell people, but I was keeping it quiet and obviously I didn't tell my work colleagues that I was pregnant. So I was keeping it very hush hush, but I was extremely tired to the point I actually couldn't function on my computer. So I used to book myself a meeting room pretending that I was going for a call and I would just literally go for a nap for an hour. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, but do you know what? Like, I just, the only thing I really thought of every single day was how lucky am I to be at home and be able to nap when I feel like napping? And I just literally thought, I don't know how other moms that are working full-time are doing this. Like, I have another level of respect for all the full-time working um, moms-to-be and, you know, moms. It's amazing what you can do. It's just crazy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, living in the UK, like if you were commuting, which is quite the norm or what it used to be, 
I, I also thought the same thing because I was lucky that actually after the first trimester, I was at home during my pregnancy and I loved it as well in terms of being able to just rest when I could, when I had to rest. But, oh God, I can't imagine like having to get on a tube and, you know, yeah. nobody knows you're pregnant either because you don't really pop necessarily until you're like halfway towards your third trimester. So not everybody knows that you're pregnant. So it was I don't know how women did it. I honestly don't. So you obviously struggled your kind of first trimester just in terms of the tiredness, but any other symptoms or is that, was that kind of it? That was the main thing. Um, And then I would just say the um, other typical things that were rather pleasant, like my boobs got bigger and (laughs) these kind of things. So that was, that was nice, even though they did hurt, which I did not expect to be that bad. Uh, but with as somebody who has quite small chest, it was a shock that they could double in size <laughs> in literally like no time. I was like, how does this happen? Like I was waiting for this throughout my entire puberty and now it's hitting. <laughs> so yeah, that was actually the nice part. Um, but other than that, yeah, I was very, very lucky so far. So I hope it stays this way because my midwife said that, you know, just be lucky because it can change at any point. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, the boobs. I mean, even <laughs> afterwards as well, they're going to hit you. Enjoy them, Rady. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> just enjoy them while they're there. Uh, they're quite amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, one of the perks. Yeah, definitely one of the perks. <laughs> So was it a planned pregnancy or not? Yeah, so it was very planned indeed. Like me and my husband, we've tried for a baby pretty much after the wedding, um, which was in August 2019. So it took us something over a year, which was a shock, to be honest, because I don't know if I just, it just happens to be, be me, but I have so many people in my family that, you know, felt pregnant on one go. Or, you know, so many people that did not even plan it and it happened so smoothly. And even when you're at school, like people teach you that, um, you know, just um, use contraception and be very careful. Do not get pregnant. And nobody really mentions that it can take time and um, Mm -hmm. it can be challenging, which I think I don't know how it is that in the UK. Maybe, you know, the educational system is not the same and, you know, they educate younger girls. But um, in my country, the education was basically revolving around protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought that was very interesting. So I started to um, educate myself and I found out that it wasn't um, something unusual and it can actually take some time. Um, so I was trying to be calm and patient. And, it, like you know, when it finally happened, it was like, oh, my God, it really did happen. Like, I did not expect it at that point at all. Um, but yeah, it was it was planned indeed, and we were ecstatic. Yeah, you make a really good point actually about the education system. It's something I talk about a lot about women's health and how you're not educated on your body, really, and yeah. that's one of the most important things. And you're definitely in the UK as well. You're not educated on pregnancy or you know the reproductive system you are educated on protecting yourself that's it like and here certainly it's go on birth control pills that's it as in like go on the contraceptive pill and be done with it that's kind Mm -hmm. of the the message or now I see that there's additional options but you're still not given enough information 
like there's the natural planning route now as well and there's also other options but yeah there's not enough being done in that area for sure and I don't think that we're actually doing a disservice to women I think by not educating us at an earlier stage Um, and to prepare you for those kind of emotions as well because they impact our mental health and that's what I want to ask you Rady is like how did it you know, make you feel because I'm sure there were real days where it was a struggle, especially, you know, time of the month, it was probably another period, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure when that period come again and you're trying, it's heartbreaking, right? Yeah. I was just, you know, trying to take it really lightheartedly and um, trying to think positively and just not being too overly focused on it. Um, but it was hard, you know, especially at that time of the month when you're you're just doing another test and waiting and hoping. Um, and then your body tricks you as well because it, you know, feel, feels like you might be pregnant, but you're not. Um, and, you know, month after month, it was really sad because I've always, I'm just one of those people. And I know that this is completely different for um, all the women out there, but I'm just one of those people that have always wanted to be a mom. So um, just to face that possibility that maybe I might have a difficulty becoming one uh, was tough. Like um, I was more um, ready for that and I had to cope <laughs> and um, educate myself and just, you know, stay calm and hope for the better result next time. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was very challenging indeed. Yeah, and so many women actually go through this. Um, I hear so many stories. What would you say to someone who is currently going through that process, who is struggling to kind of cope? What is there anything you did that you found really helpful? Yeah, so basically I would just say, and this might sound really strange, but I would just say communicate with your partner um, because I personally felt this weird pressure on myself that I put um, into myself um, about not worrying my husband too much Um, so I just it was just my way of protecting him Um, so I wasn't honest um, completely about my feelings I was just always trying to come across as somebody really positive about this um, um, hopeful um, trying to be really you know oh it's, it's just gonna happen for us don't worry and I've seen that he's been worrying um, and he was very honest about that, but I just try to keep my face straight, um, not to worry him even more or, you know, just like trying to be the positive one. And then it obviously it mirrors uh, somewhere. Um, So I had to deal with these struggles on my own and that was my choice. I would just advise all the other women listening to this right now and going through the same thing. Just do not put all the pressure on your shoulders as a woman share this burden. Don't be afraid and, you know, explore the, all the possibilities. And even if there is a problem, at least you want to face it ASAP so you can, um, you know, resolve it if there is a potential problem. And I think that there are so many opportunities and options for couples that um, are struggling. So don't lose hope and just share all the struggles together with your partner if you're having one and did this fertility what did you call it It, what was it called it's called fertility monitor yeah did it help yeah so basically um then I I took it out of my drawer because I've had it there since I don't know March and I took it out in October in October I felt pregnant so that helps straight 
away like that oh, wow. I, don't, I don't know if that was a coincidence or what that was um I'll probably never know but one thing I knew for sure since then that the app that I tracked my ovulation with on my phone wasn't accurate at all so um maybe try this if you're one of those couples that are trying to fall pregnant this really helped us I think personally and did you ever think that you would go down the route of kind of going to your health care or your doctors to see if you know because you'd gone past that year stage of actually getting additional yeah. help I really thought about it so I, I I thought that okay this fertility monitor was like the last stage for me personally and I thought okay if it doesn't help for the next couple of months then we'll try to um, contact the clinic that would help us or somebody who will actually you know tell us if there's anything wrong with us so yeah yeah okay and uh, do you want like a big family or just one what's what's the goal what's the future well, I feel like it's so hard to tell because I have so many <laughs> I have so many friends that um, have always wanted you know big families and now they have a kid and they're like oh my god I'm all over the place I can't imagine having another one right now <laughs> if ever so I might say right now oh I wish I had a large family like my husband he always says I want six kids I'm like that's not gonna happen <laughs> at least not with myself um, but <laughs> I have you know grown up um, with my brother who I'm super close with uh, and I always thought it would be really really cool to have at least two children so they can be best friends just because I've had this experience so that is something that I plan for now my change and if I'm lucky enough you know I would love to have more kids in the future. Oh yeah, I see that you have a really close relationship with your brother online. Um, was he part of your engagement? Yeah, so they planned it behind my back um, <laughs> on a trip to New York that I was supposed to go with my brother to celebrate his 18th birthday. Um, and then um, he basically um, planned this little plot with my then boyfriend now husband and he secretly flew over and proposed in Central Park and it was the best uh, thing ever it was so funny because you get two guys to plan something and they just did <laughs> not communicate properly and on the day there was chaos and it left my husband wait for three hours for us to come to that Central Park so there was a huge gap for him and he was boiling because it was the middle of July so yeah, the, the organization was funny looking back, but yeah, they did it. <laughs> so that's the reality behind the Instagram post, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, Rady, like when I saw you that you were engaged, I was so happy for you. And also at the same time, so jealous because that's actually like my dream proposal to go to New York. Cause it's one of my favorite places is in Central Park. Is that why you got engaged there? Yeah. 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 So there's just... And I know it sounds funny, but um, I've always loved Central Park when I saw it in the movies. And one of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone, it features Central Park, obviously. And there's this um, famous bridge that is shown in that movie called the Gapstow Bridge. So that's where that was the spot where I got proposed to so that was really oh. beautiful and you turned up and your husband now well he was sweating <laughs> and like yeah <laughs> caught a really hours. good tan <laughs> and it was so avoidable as well because on that day we were just you know sitting in our apartment that we rented with my brother and he was like what would you like to do like we wanted to go to Central Park the other day and I'm like yeah but let's just watch the Spider-Man that we've seen 
300 times before and he never said oh no I think it would be better to go now <laughs> like he just tried to make it as smooth as possible and my poor husband to be back then was waiting for three hours <laughs> while you were watching Spider-Man <laughs> yeah that's hilarious. Oh, God, I love it. It's an amazing story. So how did you tell your family and friends? Did you wait until the 12-week mark, the typical 12-week mark? Yeah. So it was quite challenging for me to keep this a secret because I have such strong relationship with my family. Um, we speak on FaceTime every other day. So it was really tough to pretend like nothing was happening, especially as they knew that we were trying for a baby as well. So... It was challenging. And I, I just said, I would just let this be natural. And when I feel like it's the right time, I'll tell them. But my brother, I told him straight away the same day that we found out. So we had a FaceTime call and we told him and he was so happy. And as you can tell, just by planning that uh, proposal, he's really good at keeping secrets. So I knew that he would never share this with anyone. So he kept it a secret for couple weeks and then we finally told our parents around after we actually first saw the the heartbeat on the ultrasound Mm -hmm. so that was around eight weeks so that's when we told them because I couldn't wait any longer to be honest (laughs) so yeah yeah it's like a a burning desire to just share it isn't it and you have to keep this it's like the best hidden secret ever how are you feeling about becoming a mum I'm assuming you're so excited yeah I mean I'm so excited about this I'm delighted but also humbled because it feels like you know it's a bit overwhelming to think about the enormity of of this new chapter especially I have like no experience with newborns or babies whatsoever I've held a baby for maybe two minutes in my entire life I mean my brother I was five and he was born so that was a completely different experience I didn't get to hold him the way uh, women do hold their babies so it was just a little brother I would you know play with so that was very different so sometimes I find myself worrying and just thinking oh my god what if I can't you know take a proper care of this baby what if something happens like I just don't want to, you know, hold them in a wrong way or um, do something that I shouldn't. So I feel this as well. It's not just the excitement. I do have moments when I feel um, uncertain and worried. But at the same time, I'm trying to rationalize it and just say that to myself that so many women, I mean, everybody went through the same thing at some point, women who have children, obviously. So I just try to you know see it as it is and uh, I know that I'll learn as I'll go and I know it's not something you can completely prepare yourself for even if you've already had children in the past probably so absolutely and you know what I don't think you can prepare yourself you just Mm. learn on the job that's definitely something I, I have learned you know I try to read every book try to google everything because I'm one of these people that likes to be prepared and I plan and I make sure that I know as much knowledge as possible because like you Rady I didn't have a clue what I was doing because I'd never changed a nappy before I wasn't around babies at all and you just it somehow just kicks in it just somehow it it just happens like I mean I did do a couple of classes online which helped just for the basic stuff but 
I mean, we're very lucky to live in a, an online world where we can Google and YouTube everything as well, which yeah. is a lifesaver at times. Like I'm about to go on the weaning journey and even mm-hmm. that I've been very fearful around because it's almost like this new experience and you've got to learn about, you know, what foods to give them, what they can and can't eat. But actually you put so much pressure on it. But when you realize and you're like, oh, actually, they are a tiny human, you forget that because they're a baby, but they are still human beings. <laughs> they can yeah. eat things. It's just got to be the right, the right, you know, whether it's soft or whatever it is. But um, I think you're not alone in that. Like every woman who is pregnant probably experiences those those thoughts and feelings and anxieties around becoming a mum because it's a new journey. I think you're definitely not alone in that. I had them as well. I mean, all you can do is just look after yourself and your mental health. I think when those feelings and thoughts come up, as long as they're not repeated thoughts constantly and they're really weighing you down, then you probably should talk to someone. But those are quite normal fears, I think, in terms of a lot of women going through it. It's a really exciting journey. I'm so, so excited for you. So I want to kind of move on to your influencer world and kind of talk about how you started. Uh, You started off sharing your real skin and that's how I came across you initially as well. And back then, I mean, that was very bold and brave. There wasn't any kind of skin positivity movement back then when you were doing it. So you kind of like paved the way in a sense. Um, And you're a real champion for like, you know, sharing real skin and celebrating this, but equally with your amazing makeup skills as well. So just talk us like uh, about your kind of journey, starting in the influencer world to where you are now. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. It's really interesting to go back down the memory lane because it feels like it's been forever <laughs> when it's really been not it's been just four years you know um so it's not like it's it's too long ago but I just feel like I've evolved so much from that stage when I first started doing social media from this girl who's not been very confident or you know just short in what she was doing she just loved what she was doing and that was the main thing and the main focus of hers and she just enjoyed every minute of it and for me it's still mind-blowing that I managed to um, build a following around that around doing something that I really enjoyed so yeah and with my skin it was really interesting because as you said like there wasn't any kind of skin positivity movements back then um but um you could see all these pictures of people with perfect skin and you can still see that now but you I feel like it's kind of weighted out with you know the the real side of um people's journeys as well which feels really nice and I definitely feel um, like the platform is getting more comfortable for young women and older women and men, hopefully as well, which is really good. And I hope that I'm contributing to that somehow. But back then it was different. And for me, it was always just natural to, I did not even think about it in terms of, you know, breaking the barriers or showing my real skin. I, I always thought of I'm showing Rady and I'm showing my makeup. And this is my face, therefore it's my canvas. And that's all I got. So 
you're never going to get anything else than this because this is myself, um, take it or leave it. And it really worked. And I've only realized that other people might see this as inspirational or interesting um, after I got DMs from people saying, I find you really brave for showing your real skin. And it makes me feel better about my own concerns with my skin. And to me, it never even occurred that somebody could see it in this you know, way because it's my face. I live with it 24-7. I don't see it as a problematic you know, thing that I should hide. I, I see myself as a person, as a complexity. And it was really interesting to see other perspective of people. And that was when I realized I can actually help others, maybe channeling their inner, you know, goddesses that they are and confident women that they are. Yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> I feel inspired just listening to that. <laughs> Would you say, so really just being your true self, being completely authentic and saying, this is me showing up as Rady online do you feel like that has been your key to success and building an online following yeah I, I think definitely but also I think it's the same for pretty much almost anyone that has a you know platform because authenticity is one thing you can't ever fake um it's one thing that people can feel whether you're authentic or not um they're really sensitive and sensible and they know straight away um, when you're not 100% your true self. So I think that people just see through you and especially online. And even when you just, you know, share your highlights and you think that you're creating this perfect image of yourself online um, because you feel comfortable doing it. And I think we all do in a sense. Um, it feels nice to have, you know, um, a nice picture up and get likes from people and nice comments. Um, and that's, that's all okay, but I think we just all need to find the balance um, and maybe realize that we need to see more reality as well, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. And and I think that's the way forward. Yeah, and there's definitely a, a bigger movement, isn't there, in terms of showing the real side of life, showing real skin, real bodies. And I'm grateful for those movements because it's allowed people to feel accepted and that they're not different. Uh, we were living in such a perfectionism world and ev all the likes and comments and everything were driven through perfectionism really weren't they and I mean you've done it from the start just showed up as yourself something that just like come to mind do you feel that you'll share your kind of mum journey uh, online I don't know um I mean it just I always try to do what feels natural so once I have a child in my arms and it feels natural to share some stages of the journey uh, or some days, I, I would love to. If it doesn't feel natural, I I probably won't do it just because I don't like doing things that don't feel like me. Yeah, I think naturally I'm a, the kind of person that likes to share uh, about herself and about my life. That's the, why I've been able to keep this career and why it's working for me as well. So I naturally want to... Um, share myself with people and I think the baby will be a massive part of my life as well <laughs> like you just you just can't oh, yes. really cut it <laughs> so yeah I, I don't think I'll turn into 100% mom block 
uh, or a mum blogger, um, that's probably not going to happen because that is also not an authentic to, I think, what I would be because I love makeup. I love beauty. I love so many things. And I just like to, you know, share what I feel like sharing at the given moment. So mm. I think I'll definitely integrate it, but it's not like it's going to completely change my feed or anything. Probably not. <laughs> And you said like before we were chatting, like that you're quite shy and awkward and, you know, quite introvert, which is why you don't do podcasts as such. You've only done one before. So what would you say to someone who's also the same, but is afraid to put themselves out there? Because you do an amazing job of putting yourself out there despite those feelings yeah, I would just say to that person and to myself a couple years back, once you realize that you are the person that is living inside of a body, this is your only life, this is your only chance at life, your only opportunity to live up to the fullest. And it's up to you to do all the hard work and, you know, put yourself up there, even when you're not 100% confident or doubting yourself at times. I think everybody has these kind of days, even when you're really confident and outspoken, I think everybody has days when you feel up and the days when we feel a bit down. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's 100% normal. But as far as you just consciously try to create that better future uh, and the better reality for yourself on everyday basis, you can really do this uh, for yourself because nobody else is going to do the hard work for you. And I just didn't want to come into a stage of my life and I just look back and say oh I was too shy to do this or to say this or you know go there or to start this so I think that's the only way to just throw yourself out you know the way of the opportunities and and try to do your best and I think it really helps in terms of getting used to these kind of situations so um like for myself today it would be much easier to say oh charlotte i'm sorry i don't really have time i'm busy i'm working too much i can't really record this podcast even though i was shy and i was nervous to go and do this like i'm not gonna lie but i just said no you have to do this because it's going to help you as well to be more confident and to be less scared of such situation in the future so Yeah, I'm proud of myself today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm proud of you as well for showing up. And actually, you hit the nail on the head. And it's something that I I mentor and teach in my own coaching Um, currently with my clients. Confidence is like the number one thing that women really struggle with. And there's actually a real misconception about confidence. People think it's a feeling. And there is, there's your inner confidence and there's your exterior confidence as in like, you know, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you come across to people, the way that you speak. And then you've got your inner confidence, which is how you feel inside and how you show up. And there's this huge misconception around what it is to be confident. And actually it's that feeling of confidence is temporary. So you'll feel confident for a certain amount of time and you may come off this podcast and go, oh, did I say that right? Did I do that right? And and do you know what happens? And this, honestly, this will happen. So you go in with full confidence going, yep, I'm going to go and do this. And then we start 
overanalyzing, we get really self-critical of what we did and then start to actually bring ourselves down. We chip away our confidence and we also have expectations of ourselves. So if we don't show up in a certain way or we said something that particularly we, we would have said better or did better then it's kind of like an unmet expectation because you haven't met that expectation. You then chip away at your confidence again. And then by the time you've done all of this overthinking, analyzing, being hypercritical of yourself, you actually have no confidence at the end. And you'll be like, oh, I'm not never doing that again. I'm not doing it. And what you've done is consistently shown up. Even when you've had those feelings, you've taken action to combat it. And that's the biggest thing about confidence is that you have to keep continuously taking action to actually gain more confidence in a certain area. And then eventually you'll have more confidence in that area. So you said earlier on, like I've never even held a baby (laughs) and you have never changed a nappy, right? So you're not currently confident in that area but I bet you by month three you'll be able to change a nappy with your eyes closed because you've consistently done it right and this is the key to confidence and people get it really confused that it has to be this feeling it's like no well that won't last that feeling and you have done such a brilliant job of consistently showing up online and, you know, showing your confident self, even if deep down your inner confidence isn't quite there, like you said about this podcast. And you should be so proud of yourself because you just push through it. And if anyone's listening, then take a leaf out of Rady's book because, you know, she has said that she's shy, she's awkward and she just pushed past it that's all it is isn't it and I think the more you do it the less scared you become so it's the only way really and you owe it to yourself because no one else is gonna do it for you absolutely and you honestly you're doing such an incredible job like I'm listening to you and you were worried about your English and and all sorts I'm like you're saying amazing stuff and people are going to get so much value from this just talk like listening to you um so you had nothing to worry about and I think this is the thing we get like an inner critic that comes up and our negative self-talk can really talk us out of actually doing anything that's quite bold and brave I was actually speaking about this to my friends a couple days ago and I said oh my god I'm so Uh, self-conscious about my English again because of this pandemic I wasn't actually speaking to a real person in English besides you know going to the grocery store I feel like I've completely you know lost my track and I I feel like I can't form normal sentences anymore and my friend said "Um, babe I feel the same and I'm British like this is not just you no I think you're right I mean even before I started this podcast or when I started with my clients because I hadn't been working I couldn't (laughs) get my words out because I was indoors not speaking to anyone (laughs) see I think loads of us feeling the same I'm just going back to you know sharing your acne online did this come with any kind of like trolls abuse online and how did you cope with that if so yeah, so I think it's very natural that when your content, if it gets more attention, more views, um, it becomes viral, you attract other people 
seeing and it's not just your fans and people that support you but it's also people that want to come there and just cause harm and maybe are going through a really tough period in their own lives at that moment and are venting in this way so that did happen for me straight away basically after I um, posted my first video on Instagram that was a skin transformation so um, from a bare face into a full face of makeup kind of transformation so that did happen um, because so many pages shared that video so there was also comments under my own video in my own feed but also on other pages on Facebook and other platforms and people just went crazy and I was a 21 year old girl I was obviously spending loads of time on the internet but I've never really realized that it can get this bad over a stupid video of someone you've never even seen before because it was complete strangers and I just couldn't understand at that point there were so many nice comments as well but it's really hard to focus on those when you see so much hate so it was really tough and also I think it was a really good thing that it happened straight away um, after I posted that first video because it, it kind of allowed me to build that thick skin around these kind of things and just realize that these people know nothing about me and there's just I, I think it's very incredible like what people share online under other people's things that they post. Like some people argue that when you post online about your life, you should be prepared for criticism and for other people's opinions, because that is your mm -hmm. choice that you're putting yourself out there. But at the same time, I want to know your opinion, but not all of your opinions. I want to know your opinion that is relevant, that is um, maybe, you know, constructive in terms of me helping me with the content because it's coming from somebody with expertise or someone creative as well and creating content, trying to help me in some way. That's fine. But when you say, oh, I think you have yellow teeth and you're ugly, that's not your opinion. That's that's not an opinion. That's just your hate. And I just don't understand how this is still happening, to be honest. Yeah, it's really sad, isn't it? And actually, I think it's a reflection on how they feel about themselves, to be honest. If they've got time and energy to be spending trolling and hurting other people, I mean, there's a saying, hurt people hurt people. Mm. And they haven't dealt with their own demons, which is why they go out and try to hurt other people. That's the only reason for it. And it's it's a shame that we have to, well, people have to endure it and like you have to kind of cope with it and deal with it on a regular basis. But do you think you've developed a thick enough skin now that you kind of ignore it? I think it depends on what it is about. Like... I'm very new to this mum world, um, obviously, and I don't really share that much um, on my Instagram. I mean, I do post like bump updates from time to time, but um, I am always like super conscious about what I'm posting when it comes to like becoming a mum, being pregnant, because so many people are so judgmental already and the kid's not even born yet, but it's just crazy. Like every single thing that... Um, you can think of I, I've probably seen it in my DMs already so yeah um, in terms of like you know I, I have to say like for instance I like to enjoy my decaf cup of coffee every single day it's just one of those things that I really like um, and unless I type um, I, 
that I've been drinking decaf coffee. Like I get so many DMs from people saying this is crazy. Or um, some other other day I go, um, I did this Q and A thing, and somebody asked what my biggest craving in pregnancy was, um, and I said I really like cinnamon cereals, which is something that I've been craving during my pregnancy. And I, I got like three DMs from people saying, "Oh, don't eat cinnamon; you'll kill your baby." Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! No. Like you can't oh. really post anything. So I think I'm just building my thicker skin in this kind of area just yet because it's something new for me, and it's just part of me goes, "Is this valid, or is this just another stupid kind of criticism that has nothing to do with reality, and I should not, you know, take seriously?" So it depends. Um, and I, I think these kind of things can hurt really badly, uh, especially when you're a first time mom, you don't really know what you're doing a lot of times. So it's like, it's really not helping in terms of that self-doubt sometimes um, that we said it's really natural to have for so many people. So yeah, that's that's really tough sometimes. So I, I try to be really careful about what I'm posting and the way I birth certain things which is annoying because I don't like to filter myself on my own platform but I do around these kind of things for my own good uh, because I know that I just don't want to go through these DMs after uh, I post something um, in a way I would normally work you know word it to a friend or speaking to a family member or anyone that I'm close with. Yeah, I think people don't realise that, I mean, you have hundreds of DMs to go through, but putting your opinion and judgment on somebody else's actions actually can cause a lot of distress, Um, especially being a first-time mum. I've also had these DMs. I mean, some of them have been very critical and quite nasty. I mean, I ended up just the way the way that I dealt with it, Rady, was basically doing a reel that was the Lily Allen song, Fuck You. <laughs> That's basically how I dealt with it. Because I was like, there's really judgmental mums out there. And if you're a judgmental mum, you have no idea how much impact it can have on somebody. And I think you just have to take it with a pinch of salt. I honestly do. Because there are so many options in this world as in like in the mum world, that you have to just do your own research and choose what is right for you. I will say though, that actually the community on my own Instagram have been a lifesaver for me in terms of, because I haven't been able to see friends and I'm not that well connected because I moved to a completely different place. So I'm nowhere near any of my family or friends at the moment. So it's been really helpful. And when you've got somebody who is actually willing to help, which is offering, you know, just offering a suggestion, not putting their opinion and what you should do on Mm -hmm. you, which this is the balance as in like, you can tip the balance. I think when you come across too strong, too opinionated this is what worked for me so it's going to work for you well no it may not Mm -hmm. like the other day I posted about you know Leo going on his weaning journey Mm -hmm. my DMs got flooded with people telling me to do baby led weaning without me even saying what I had chosen to do I literally just said I was going on this journey and it was like you should do this you it was like I didn't ask for your opinion Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for it. I didn't say 
I didn't put a poll up to say, shall I go for spoon fed and start with purees or go for the baby let? I didn't ask for it. So why, why are you telling me? Yeah. That's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference. And that, that's when people get it wrong. And it's like, I will never slide into anyone's DMs and say, you should do this because it worked for me. I've only ever slid into someone's DMs and offered like if they're a colicky baby by the way I learned that the lion position honestly saved us so just throwing it out there in case you want to try it that's literally how I'd approach it and I think that's the way that most people need to remind themselves to approach it in a more kinder way and compassionate rather than a this is my opinion you've got to take it (laughs) yeah but I think it's all the same story um, all over again. Like, for instance, it was happening even when I was having really bad skin and acne all over my mm. face. Um, and I just got tons of DMs from people saying, I- I've noticed that your skin looks really bad. I'm like, well, I, I did notice that as well. <laughs> you know, like I look in the mirror and you should use this and you should really use this. And, you know, trust me as a person with acne, um, or any other skin concern, you've probably tried everything that's already on the market and you just really do not need these unsolicited advice from complete strangers that, um, you know, just insult you in the first three sentences before they even give you the their recommendation or whatever. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, like my friend's got a chronic illness and she always gets the same DMs about going on a celery juice diet. That's going to say that's going to change her life. And she's like, I have a chronic illness. <laughs> like that isn't just the one solution. Like she's got several different yeah. things that, you know, she struggles with with her health. I mean, yeah, you you did suffer with your skin, but your skin looks incredible now. So what Thank are you. your secrets? <laughs> Tell us. Yeah, so basically less stress. <laughs> so that is something that I recommend to everyone. If you can, just do not stress over everything that is out there so I think that I've changed my lifestyle um in this sort of way like I'm just trying to be more chill and I don't know if that helped or if that was a coincidence but I really feel like my overall you know quality of life has improved anyway so that is my number one tip and also double cleansing which um is probably uh, something that most of the people are already doing because everybody's advocating for it because it's so amazing um, but when I was 20 and my acne was really bad I didn't know about double cleansing I didn't know what it was how I supposed to do it I was using my micellar water to take my makeup off so that did not help at all um, and yeah I think that is something if I if I had to say one thing just look up double cleansing and SPF on a daily basis and it's it's going to be good and with double cleansing is that literally just cleaning your face twice or do you use specific products to double cleanse yes basically the idea is to um get the impurities off and this can be your makeup or you know like even when you don't wear makeup but you get impurities on your face throughout the day anyway um so just use an oil-based products first to put on your skin and take those impurities away and then just go in with uh, your favorite cleanser after that so you do that two steps you know cleansing um, and that is really life-changing at least it was for me 
Yeah, amazing. Well, there you go. There's a, there's Radie's top tip. We've all had our struggles in life and we've been very open and honest about them. What would you say has been the hardest in your life so far? That is a tough question, especially because I think I am very lucky in terms of um, not going through um, some major traumas in my life or anything like that. I've always been very fortunate in terms of having very supportive family, friends, um, and lucky to have everyone around with me. Um, so uh, I've been very lucky in terms of this, but when I think back and look back throughout my life, what was really tough for me, and I know it might sound really, you know, um, not important compared to other people's journeys but high school was a tough period of my life it really was and I think it's just that you know just that overwhelming feeling of being a teenager not knowing um where you belong what is in store for you um and I just did not enjoy going to school at all and I know I'm very privileged to you know even be talking like this but that's just the truth that that's just the truth of how it was for me um so I really struggled during high school um and I did not also attend like a typical high school it was a secondary grammar school so it was a place that I spent um like eight years at so it was from like the age 10 um to like the age of 18 so it was a bit crazy so that was tough that was really tough and I'm really proud of myself for um finding my way in the world because I felt like I just didn't know what to do you know and I just felt like I could do something big but I I didn't know what that big thing would be so I'm just you know thankful (laughs) and here you are (laughs) <laughs> doing big things but do you know what you you felt it you knew you were going to yeah I mean I was always told that from people you know you can do great things your maybe your grades aren't the best but you're really intelligent you're um I don't know you know all the superlatives that there are um and I've I've heard this from my teachers from uh, my parents encouraging me all the time and I was just talking about this with my brother the other day and and we just said like it was the exact same for him like he hated school (laughs) like we have this in common and uh, he just did not enjoy it at all and you know everybody just kept talking to him like he was brilliant and he had this bright future and he just said but nobody really pointed me towards any direction and I didn't know what to do and everyone everyone just said and kept saying you can do this but I just didn't feel that way at all so yeah I think everybody has to go through it. Being a teenager is tough. Yeah, you're kind of finding out who you are, your identity, aren't you? Who you want to be in the world. And actually, I feel like that shifts again, kind of your late 20s and things change again. And you're you're kind of trying to craft your identity throughout your whole 20s as well. And that kind of leads me on to my last question, which is the question I always ask my guests at the end of the episode, which is, what would you say, how have you turned your pain into purpose? I would just say that I what, what just goes through my mind when you've asked this is there's not one major painful event in my life that I can remember and say, yeah, this is how, you know, I came out of that and I came out as a stronger person. I, I think for me, it's rather um, an everyday sort of battle. And I think this is 
very similar for so many people. Like sometimes you just deal with these internal demons of uh, yourself thinking, you know, maybe you're not good enough or you're doubting yourself or you're wishing something else for yourself than, you know, what you currently are going through. Uh, and, you know, I think every single day it's about um, waking up, going out of your bed uh, and starting the day with the right foot and just, you know, do what you love. And I think it takes courage to do what you love, especially in this world when people have so many expectations um, and you feel the pressure. And I, I think this young generation even more than you know, perhaps other generations before us and um, younger people. So it is, I think it, it that takes courage and that's a, a struggle that we face every day. And I hope that people feel inspired by this at least a little bit and they feel uh, motivated when they wake up tomorrow um, because every day is a new day and you can make it your own. Oh, absolutely. And what a way to end the podcast. You have been amazing. So much wisdom, so much motivation. And I can't believe that you were even worried to come on the podcast. <laughs> like you're nuts. <laughs> but if anyone could take inspiration from you for doing that and being so vulnerable, open, honest, then yeah, you're, you're someone to definitely look up to. So before we leave, I want everyone to know where they can find you. Um, so obviously my main platform uh, is my Instagram so I'd be really really thankful um, if you could check it out um, especially if you enjoy makeup and pregnancy stuff and motherhood so it's um, at grwready grw means get ready with and ready is just my name <laughs> <laughs> so people aren't confused and I'm also trying to create stuff on TikTok which is a new thing for me um, yeah. and I have my handle is um, it's ready ITS ready so um I'd be happy to see you there if you wanted to stop by amazing how are you finding TikTok by the way um cringy <laughs> <Not gonna lie. laughs> like I felt a bit old for it you know like I'm 20 26 now um and you see so many younger people on it but also older people and older people are like nailing TikTok like I don't know how yeah. like I just felt like I, this, I was not carved out to do this at all um, <laughs> but I kept pushing and I just started by you know posting the same stuff that I would post on my Instagram um, just reposting videos um, because I just didn't know how to create like TikTok song like challenges and like dances I'm a terrible dancer by the way so that's another thing and I just, I just found it cringy and the more time I actually spend on it because I really like other people's content um now I find myself scrolling it for an hour a day and I just feel entertained. I feel inspired to create other content that is not that cringy anymore. <laughs> so it's just about that. And I find it really fun and just lightens up my day and I find it very dynamic. So it's really, really cool. I think it's a really nice platform no it's interesting I just wondered mm -hmm. because obviously you know you started off on Instagram which has been yeah. your main platform but having to move over and create content for another platform that is just booming isn't it at the moment yeah it must yeah. be really different and it's a different type of content as well that's for sure anyway Rady it's been amazing to have you on my podcast thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and so yeah if you're not following Radio already, go over and check her out. Lots of love. This is the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Josie. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please subscribe, download and leave me a review. If you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories. And don't forget to tag me so that I can see it. If you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs, then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information. Hope to speak with you soon. If not, I will see you in next week's episode. Lots of love. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.